Today's episode of Heat Treat Radio is brought to you in part by Geocorp Incorporated, a complete manufacturer of thermocouple supplies, including thermocouple assemblies, thermocouple wire, thermocouple connectors, thermocouple protection tubes, as well as calibration lab services. Geocorp on the web at www.geocorpinc.com. Hi, and welcome to Heat Treat Radio. I'm your Heat Treat Radio host and publisher of Heat Treat Today, Doug Glenn. On this episode of Heat Treat Radio, we're going to talk about future trends in heat treat data collection, data use, data security, and how it is that manufacturers with in-house heat treat departments, especially in the aerospace, automotive, medical, and energy sectors, can use this data to help improve overall heat treat operations. Joining us for today's conversation is longtime heat treat industry expert Peter Sherwin from Eurotherm by Schneider Electric. Whether or not you currently consider yourself to be an experienced data user or a novice, you'll benefit from Peter's perspective on the future of data and heat treat. But before we start our conversation with Peter, let me remind you that technical content on heat treat data is available 24-7, 365 on Heat Treat Today's website. That's www.heattreattoday.com. Every weekday, our editorial team uploads at least one new piece of technical or news content to the website. So if you're looking to stay current on technical trends or news of the heat treat industry, visit our website frequently. And also, don't forget that you can find heat treat consultants on our site as well. If some or all of your deeply experienced heat treat personnel have recently retired or left your organization and you're in need of heat treating help, Google or Bing heat treat consultants and look for the listing from heat treat today. We carry the industry's most comprehensive list of heat treat consultants along with their areas of expertise. You can also find that listing by looking on our website under the resources tab at www.heattreattoday.com or you can type in heattreattoday.com slash consultants and you'll be directed directly to that page. And if you're currently using hydrogen in your heat treat process, you might benefit greatly by downloading Heat Treat Today's new ebook on hydrogen generation and its benefits for heat treaters, which you can find by going to www.heattreattoday.com/ebook. No hyphen, just .com/ebook. Get your free download today. Data topics are not new to Heat Treat Radio. We've had multiple podcasts where we've talked specifically about data collection, data use, data reporting. Jim Oakes, for example, from Supersystems Inc., spoke to us back in January of 2019 about heat treating data. Nathan Wright from C3 Data also spoke to Heat Treat Radio in September of 2018 about data. And more recently, George Smith and Dan, Daniel Graham from SBS Corporation spoke to Heat Treat Radio about heat treat data as well. There were several, uh, several other interviews that we did that hit on data, even though it wasn't the main topic of the interview. You can access all of these previous episodes of Heat Treat Radio by Googling or binging Heat Treat Radio or by entering www.heattreat.com 
today.com slash radio into your browser. Today, however, we're going to discuss future trends in data. Let's jump into the interview with Peter Sherwin. All right, so we are here today with Peter Sherwin uh, from Eurotherm uh, by Schneider Electric. Uh, Peter and I have known each other for a number, number of years, and uh, he's one of my go-to guys uh, for uh, kind of the latest in technology and advancements and trends in the in the heat treat industry, especially when it comes to data or process control, uh, power control, temperature control, that type of thing. Uh, so, Peter, first off, thank you very much for being with us today. Thanks, Doug. I uh, appreciate the opportunity today to talk about technology solutions. Exactly. And that is, in fact, what we want to talk about. We want to talk about trends since we're at the beginning of 2020. thought we would spend a little bit of time with Peter talking about some trends and things of that sort. So we have a couple preliminaries to get out of the way, though, if you will. Uh, first off, you are with Eurotherm. Uh, by by Schneider Electric. So if you don't mind, just the elevator pitch about uh, Eurotherm and Schneider Electric and whatnot, uh, let us know what they do. And then I would like for you to brag about yourself for a moment and tell us a little bit about your background. But let's start with Eurotherm first. Okay. So so starting with Eurotherm, we're, we're now, I think, for nearly five years, part of Schneider Electric. Mm-hmm. Um, we provide the overall, overarching theme is energy and automation solutions. As far as Eurotherm, we kind of specialize in precision temperature, power and process control, as well as data management solutions, and and particularly impacting things like uh, operational efficiency of a heat treat plant and reducing the cost of complying to regulations. That's really what we we aim for. Mm -hmm. And from a from a kind of a, a personal view and background, uh, just one thing I, w- I did want to mention: this to have an open conversation. These are my views; they may or may not be uh, sort of backed up by the views of uh, Eurotherm and Schneider Electric, but right. it just gives me a bit of freedom to to talk openly. Yeah, good, great. I've been with the industry for the past. 30 years, uh, started in a captive heat treater uh, called Reynolds Chain in the UK. Uh, and through my career, sort of w- have worked for different captive as well as commercial heat treaters and even a furnace OEM. But for the last just over uh, 11 years, have been working for uh, Eurotherm. So we're a, a supplier to the heat treat industry. And Heat treatment is our one of our key verticals and actually our largest vertical business within Eurotherm. And uh, currently, I run that vertical globally. So I, I am very fortunate I get the opportunity to see heat treatment from different aspects uh, across different cultures and regions. Right. And you are yeah global. You mentioned, uh, in fact, uh, we should just say that your title, I think, is the Global Business Development Manager for Heat Treat. So you are knee deep, if not waist deep in Heat Treat pretty much around the clock, huh? I, I am. That's that's my vertical. That's my background. Uh, I, I grew up as a, a kind of trained metallurgist and sort of have taken that forward uh, in my career. And, and it, it I still practice that now and again, uh, so it's very, very useful to have that background. Yeah, and global in the true sense of the word, because before we started, before we turned on the record button here, we were telling me about your uh, upcoming trips to India, Thailand, whatever. So you're gonna, you're out and about. So you you do see it uh, a lot of things, and I think that makes you somewhat just for our listeners. Uh, 
uh, edification here. Your perspective, because you're not just looking at a North American market, you can speak to some global trends and things of that sort, which will certainly be impactful. So you and I ran into each other last, I believe, at the ASM Heat Treat Show in Detroit in October of 2019, just a couple of months ago. And uh, you were gracious enough to have us, and myself, and a couple of our uh, Heat Treat Today staff people over to talk about some of the latest things that Eurotherm is doing. Uh, I, I would like to, honestly, I'd like to start by asking you about those things. Uh, you know, talk about some of that stuff that's going on, and then we can dig deeper into some of the trends as we go forward. So, uh, tell us about what Eurotherm is, in fact, doing here with some of the data acquisition and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, it's really expanding from a base of having uh, devices that can capture data, uh, whether it's a PID controller or a, a data recorder, and then being able to do more with that information to really have an impact on operational efficiency. So I think we we demoed a, a few different platforms to you. So, uh, of course, we have to sort of look more at, at cybersecurity these days with any kind of offer. So that's kind of wrapped into any of the uh, solutions that we we provide today. But we looked at predictive maintenance solutions. So uh, I think I demonstrated a, a health app uh, on one of the machine advisor programs, looked at uh, the way that we can now um, control and manage energy uh, much better with energy SCADA systems. And we even had OEM, furnace OEM solutions where you could tie in the expertise of a, an OEM to the end user, so give them online access to certain information so they can actually provide better services. And from a, a shop floor perspective, I think one of the one of the solutions that, that caught a bit of buzz at the show was the augmented reality solution where uh, you can use a tablet in front of a, a furnace, uh, hold it up, and through the camera, you're actually getting live information uh, about what's happening on that furnace. You can actually access documentation directly, electrical diagrams. It just uh, makes the whole process of being able to maintain and operate a furnace much more efficient. Mm -hmm. So the, just a few, few of the the solutions that we we talked about right right and all very fascinating very impressive so yeah we'll, we'll at the end of this podcast we'll steer people to your website so they can go and perhaps take a look at some of those so heatree today has done several past uh podcasts on on um the process controls and and trends in in uh, data data acquisition and things of that sort. I mean, we talked with Jim Oaks from SuperSystems. We've talked with uh, Nathan Wright from C3 Data. We've even talked with uh, uh, two gentlemen from SBS Corporation, George Smith and uh, Daniel Graham, about some of their systems. Um, and all of them had a lot of very interesting things to say. But you know, historically. A lot of the data collection that has gone on has been specifically for process validation. But I think almost all of these gentlemen, and I think including yourself, I'd like to get your comment on this. They, they see a lot of data collection now because of the volume of data we can take going beyond process validation. What, what, what are your comments about that? So I, I think it's 
quite useful to understand why why we we collect data for the process and then because of that we can expand it for use in in other applications to have an impact on operational efficiency mm-hmm. but just just taking the point about validating the process so heat treatment is part of uh, one of these so-called special processes mm-hmm. um, because it has the uh, the ability to impact a part's physical integrity and uh, induce stresses within a within a component and it's in a class of uh, thermal treatments chemical treatments and mechanical treatments that can actually do this but because you don't then test after the treatment for those stresses and because that's more difficult and costly you have to be very sure about how you process that means that you need qualified personnel approved equipment define procedures and also uh, have some verification of those procedures and the process that the parts have gone through. Mm. So it's at the core of it, it's very important that you've got very good data integrity for just validating the process. And one thing as Eurotherm that we're, we're quite lucky and fortunate about is that we have, we do work in other industries and, and so one of the other industries is the life science industry and requiring to work for FDA uh, standards means that you have to follow processes such as Alcoa Plus. Now, that's not the company. It's an acronym about how you actually uh, capture and store and attribute the data uh, to make sure you've got that level of uh, integrity throughout that, that process of data management. So it's it's something that uh, on with certain key clients that we go a little bit deeper in uh, than sort of the MS twenty seven fifty standard or the CQI nine as far as being able to catch full audit trails mm-hmm. to ensure you've got that good data capture. So that that that's that's really for me it was it's it's if you've got that good data capture um, you can then move forward with that to actually be able to use it for other areas. Um, And that's really where we get into operational efficiency and also having an impact on on quality. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think from my perspective, I've been with the the industry for for the last 30 years, I've I've seen this kind of trend. So Mm -hmm. 30 years ago, it was very much operator heavy. You could be one-on-one with a, an operator in a machine. Um, and the machines were either manual or, or semi-automated. They're not fully automated like the, the furnaces that we've got, got today. Um, and so there was a lot of training of, of operators and uh, different skill levels that you needed back in, say, the 90s. Mm-hmm. As time has moved on, those processes have become more automated, and now you've got operators running multiple machines. Now, for for them to be able to do that, we've got to present information in a way where if they've only got a few seconds or a few minutes at a at a furnace, they can really pick up uh, the detail of what's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So that's where we start to get into operational efficiency to affect sort of uh, how we use labour within the a heat treatment department. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other interesting kind of trend has been sort of as we move through 
the decades, the regulations such as AMS 2750 and CQI9 have developed. There's been more requirements for for tests uh, and task tracking. And so we've actually needed additional QA personnel or resource to to sort of uh, counter that, that requirement and make sure that we comply with those regulations. And so that's also for some technology solutions. And I think that's what Nate was was talking about in his podcast mm-hmm. about um, his platform trying to reduce the, the cost of compliance regulations. And, and we, we do the same. Regarding standards, what do you see coming in the near future for the heat treat market? What's relevant? Relevant for the heat treaters today is what's coming this year. Uh, with the update of the standards of AMS 2750 that'll uh, go to F version right. due sometime in the summer, I think. That's the latest. Right. Um, and, and also CQI9 issue 4, that will come earlier, maybe just after the first quarter. Um, now, obviously, we look at these standards. Uh, we have a number of, of people that are on the, on the ballot or have some involvement with the standards. And the, the feedback is really this move from kind of being in a paper environment to, to paperless. So electronic records is going to be big for both of those standards. They are going to give heat treaters some time uh, to actually move. They do currently still use paper. Um, but ultimately, over the next two or three years, you'll see pretty much all heat treaters using uh, electronic records, digital paperless systems, uh, because that's the requirement of the, of the standards. Maybe jump into a little bit more of the operational efficiency. Is there anything more we can say about that? I mean, there, is there any trends that you're seeing on how, uh, how data and data management is going to help us with operational efficiencies? Yeah, uh, so quite an interesting trend with... Uh, a subject called overall equipment effectiveness. This is a, a KPI. And I, I don't think it's widespread currently within the heat treatment industry, but I see it in pockets when I travel around the world. And so OEE um, is made up of the three components, uh, really sort of uptime, the availability of the furnace, uh, second component being the cycle time, so where are you against the design performance that you might have got from the furnace OEM for how fast and well that cycle should run? And the third component is quality. So how many parts do you get through right first time without needing to go back through any kind of rework or even get into to rejects? So, so now there's a bit of a push of, okay, so how can we use technology solutions to help um, companies improve their OEE. Uh, it used to be just kind of on the manufacturing floor, but it's now sort of migrating a bit more to the, the heat treatment department. Uh, and so this is something that we've also looked at uh, what we can do. We're fortunate being part of the larger Schneider Electric, uh, we can rely on some of their resources and we've been able to tap into platforms that already offer uh, OEE type solutions. So that's that's something that we're seeing as a trend and, mm-hmm. and something that we have solutions for. And I think it's going to be a topic for this year. Yeah. 
That OEE, uh, you mentioned uptime, cycle time, and quality. I assume that built into that also is equipment utilization, right? It's not just that the equipment's up and running, or, uh, up as in not broken down, but also in use, correct? And are we minimizing the, the gap times between, between loads or you know, assuming it's a batch system? Yes, yeah, so so uh, it's it's actually quite specific on uptime. It it ignores plant maintenance because it it kind of says, well, you have to do that to have a, a a good running department. But it does concentrate on maybe three sort of areas. So furnace breakdowns. Mm -hmm. So if you get something unexpected that happens, um, it also looks at waiting times, and that can be split into waiting times from. Uh, a labor perspective, have you got the resources to actually run the furnace or are you getting gaps because of that? Um, and it could be fixtures or parts. So the what you're actually going to load into the furnace, are all of those ready or are you waiting on those because um, you're waiting on your customer or you're waiting on a, a pre-process? So yes, it looks at all of those areas and identifies where those gaps are. It shows you where you're getting trends, maybe a trend from one shift to another. So you can actually look at taking action to sort of resolve that because uh, it's very valuable, obviously, the uptime of a, of a furnace. When we come back, we'll talk with Peter about AI, AR, data, dashboarding, and cybersecurity. But first, let's talk about your thermocouples. If you're heat treating, you're using thermocouples, and Geocorp should be on your list of preferred thermocouple vendors. Since 1989, Geocorp has built a reputation for doing whatever is needed to take care of customers. Because of that commitment, over the last three decades, Geocorp has become one of the leading providers of thermocouple supplies, including thermocouple assemblies, thermocouple wire, thermocouple connectors, thermocouple protection tubes, and much more. In fact, Geocorp was the first manufacturer of both thermocouple and thermocouple wire to be accredited by NVLAP to ISO slash IEC 17025. NVLAP is a U.S. Department of Commerce entity administered by NIST, and Geocorp's quality systems undergo an annual review resulting in Geocorp's Thermocouple Calibration Lab being held to the highest standards. If you're looking for competitively priced thermocouples, quickly delivered, and exceptional customer service, you should contact Geocorp. They're on the web at www.geocorpinc.com. That's G-E-O-C-O-R-P-I-N-C.com. Now let's get back to our interview with Peter Sherwin from Eurotherm by Snyder Electric. Let's talk about uh, AI, analytics, machine learning, and uh, impact on things like preventative maintenance. And, and, and to a certain extent, this affects operational efficiency as well, because we're talking uptime on equipment. But artificial intelligence, analytics, machine learning, what are you, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? Okay, so so I kind of capture a lot of this in the bubble of IoT and Industry 4.0 solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of buzzwords out there, mm -hmm. a lot of hype, I think, over the past few years. Now, some of that hype is starting to manifest itself into real 
solutions. But I think those have really only come out over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So what we do in this space, we we have some predictive maintenance uh, solutions that include a health application. So pretty much out of the box, you have uh, data coming into uh, an algorithm and it gives you information about the health of that particular asset. Um, and you can track that over time. And so it can give you an indication when you're starting to, to get a problem. Uh, it may be on a, on a component level on a furnace or it may be across the entire furnace itself. But it gives you some kind of prediction uh, so you can take action before something fails. And um, if I go back a year or so, um, you kind of had to build discrete models to make this happen. And the result was as good as the model that you built. Uh, I think those have improved and they're a bit more user-friendly. And this is, this is just going to improve over time. So I think predictive maintenance is going to top it that we'll start to see having an effect this year. And as time goes on, the value of that will just increase. I know there are several different furnace and or induction equipment company in the industry that are already already have uh, preventative, predictive maintenance programs out there. Um, you think that's going to continue to grow, right? We're going to continue. They're going to they're going to you're going to see more and more of that. Uh, yes. With, yeah. Yeah. Without, without a doubt. And in fact, one of the packages that we we put together allows uh, an OEM to provide those services to their end users. Yeah. So where you've, you've, got, you've got different tiers of OEM that uh, some can afford to invest, which is quite a substantial amount in, in actually providing these types of solutions. Mm-hmm. Others, not so much. So there are platforms now out there that enable all OEMs to kind of jump on the bandwagon of, of predictive maintenance and be able to offer those remote services. Yeah. I would say one, one, of, one of the areas that uh, will come out this year, just to give you a sneak peek of it, mm-hmm. is, is really based on the augmented reality aspect. Mm-hmm. We, we already have an augmented reality solution. Uh, we work with a, a number of OEMs with that. But um, the technology has evolved to the extent whereas you can, say, pick up a tablet, uh, hold it up against the furnace, it can give you valuable information about the running uh, characteristics of that furnace. You can pick documentation up, uh, electrical drawings, all from that tablet, all live. But what we will be able to do in 2020 is also get a remote view from an OEM actually dialing directly into that tablet and mm-hmm. seeing what that person on the shop floor is actually seeing in front of them and being able to give them far more or far better advice and better direction in case that they're they're trying to sort out an issue to hopefully resolve that issue in a a much faster time, as well as cut down the cost of traveling all the time to site. Right, 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 right. So that, I guess that was kind of my, kind of my question was the, your, your interaction with the furnace manufacturers and or induction equipment manufacturers. In fact, you, you sell these systems, you, you cooperate with them to help provide these systems to their end users as well. So that, that's kind of what I was getting at. Sounds like that is the case. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, the, and, 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 and just, just a bit on that, it's, yeah. it's because of 
kind of this this other trend that we've we've seen with uh, the workforce that uh, particularly in North America, you've mm-hmm. got uh, quite a, a large set of baby boomers that have been retiring over the past few years, and and that's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And then you've got millennials coming in with completely different skills. So they're tech, they're very tech savvy. So some of these new uh, solutions that we're offering, they can get on board, get up to speed very quickly, but they they lack the experience that the baby boomers have had because some of the guys in uh, and girls in uh, the industry have been working for like 30, maybe even 40 years. Right. So they, they've amassed all of this experience and certainly that can potentially go out the, the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... We're using some of this technology to uh, take hold of some of that expertise and, and augment sort of the knowledge that uh, the younger engineers have and so that they can get up to speed a lot quicker. Right, right. Uh, the, younger, the younger generation are much more comfortable with a, uh, a smartphone than a, than, a, than a furnace, you know. But if you can put some of that knowledge about the furnace on that smartphone, voila. You know, you've got yourself a, a, a more quickly trained younger generations so and, okay. and, and, and the side the side effect of that is also having modern technology within uh, a furnace department you can start to then attract some of these younger engineers because if you if you don't have that there's opportunities for them elsewhere in, in different industries and in higher technology mm-hmm. areas right. so we're all competing for a limited labor pool um, actually updating the technology is going to have an impact on you being able to employ people a lot easier. We did a heat treat radio interview with uh, the CEO of the Inductotherm Group, a uh, gentleman by the name of Gary Doyen. I asked him this same question. I said, okay, so, you know, is all the hype about Industry 4.0, is it, is it true? Um, and I think the issue that he got to was, you know, just because you can collect the data doesn't mean you ought to collect the data. And that, that brings me to the question of, you know, there is so much data out there. What, what do we do with this? I mean, there's, there's, there's so much data. What, just because we can collect it, should we? And what are we going to do with all the data? How do we assimilate it? How do we make sense out of it? Okay, so, so, so let me rewind the clock a little bit to when I first started in the industry and you had manual process cards Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of paper chart recorders around, and those that were around were probably just logging the temperature rather than any other um, data point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has really changed. So from the 2000s onwards, you've had paperless charts within the industry, SCADA systems, a lot of information. So you've gone from this scarcity of data to data overload. And as mm-hmm. we're trying to do more and more with operational efficiency, we're just getting more and more data points. Um, we're fortunate in a way, and I think Jim mentioned this on, on his call, but with the PLCs, et cetera, and the other devices we have on the shop floor, we're collecting that data anyway. Um, so it's not, it's not so much the issue about capturing data. It's then about, okay, we've got this massive data. We've got this potential overload. We don't have the time, resources, and even sometimes the expertise to make sense of all of this info- information. So, so where do we go? Where do we go from here? And uh, I think this is another trend that we're we're seeing. Sort of, it developed in 2019, and it, it's going to continue. Of looking at dashboards, 
Uh, I believe Nate sort of touched on this as, as well in his interview. Um, if you can collect that information and collate it and put it into a format that's just easy to understand and, and quick to get a view about what's happening, what's happened, what's the direction, you can make better and, and quicker decisions. So we see dashboards and dashboarding as a trend that's going to just explode really as far as in the heat treatment department because it, it needs you need to be able to provide that information in a in a better way. And an example of that is what we discussed about OEE. So OEE comes with its own kind of dashboard to give you a, a quick view about what's happening uh, across your process. So yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's another, another trend for 2020. Yeah, good, good. Actually making sense of the data in, in, in bite size, you know, quick, quick, uh, quick picture. So that's good. All right. Two more questions, Peter. Uh, I always have to ask this one because I'm, you know, I think everybody wants to know about it. Cybersecurity. A lot of these systems that we're talking about are either cloud-based or they have some vulnerability to outside intrusion. So can you talk a bit about any type of trends you're seeing in cybersecurity? Yes. Now, this this is kind of interesting. I, I kind of started looking at uh, all the IIoT and Industry 4.0 stuff back in 2013. And the trend for sort of uh, 2013 to 2018 was what's possible. What's possible with the cloud, with these edge devices, etc. The last two years, you've then moved into what's practical, yeah. Um, yeah. because we've seen a lot of these cybersecurity issues, even within our own industry, mm-hmm. where you've had furnace OEMs and end users get involved with ransomware situations not necessarily directed at the the process layer, control layer, but more sort of targeted to uh, ERP systems, et cetera. And, and you could get these potential viruses through uh, USB connections, uh, emails coming coming in where you click on one of those emails and then you open up this, this door for, for hackers to come through. Uh-huh. So it's certainly become more of an issue and we we were quite early in looking at this from a uh, an industrial product point of view and we looked at starting to harden our devices to enable them to withstand some cybersecurity attacks and so the latest range of controllers the EPC 3000 range have a level of cybersecurity built in uh, they meet what's called an Achilles level 1 standard we also are looking to, even with our sort of legacy products, to improve their cybersecurity requirements and try to meet some of the requirements from, there's this international standard, I don't know whether you've you come across it, IEC 62443. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that, been built up to try and improve the safety, availability, integrity, and confidential confidentiality of all the components and, and systems that you've got within your plant. So we, we follow that as well as Schneider Electric follow that. And uh, it's interesting to see the, the kind of resource requirements that have gone from pretty much when we, we're dealing with products in the past, 
there was very little talked about or even planned with cybersecurity to it now being, this is the number one. Yeah. This leads everything. So we have to have our software development lifecycle has to start with cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's accelerated and it's right. Um, if you open up these ports for sort of people to come in, it, it can work both ways. Obviously, you're pushing information out. You can spread information across the plant. Everyone gets to know what's going on. But you can then have other people coming in that you don't want. So you've right. got to be a little bit more careful. Um, very simple things I would, I would kind of promote to any heat treater today. And that's start looking at managed switches and firewalls for your operation. Um, we do have white papers on this that actually go through some of the rudimentary things that you should do uh, from a cybersecurity perspective. So uh, happy, happy for people to uh, sort of contact me or maybe we, we give you something, uh, Doug, that you can put up on your website so they can just access it. But some yeah, sensible things to good. do. Yeah, I think that would be good. Let's try to do that. Maybe we'll put at least put a link on the on the this podcast that we can link over to your site where the so people can look at those white papers i think that would be that would be helpful all right I, i've got a final question for you and it's regarding uh, your average everyday heat treater okay manufacturer of some product aerospace automotive whatever uh who has his own in-house heat treat shop okay how it, let's say they're not doing a lot right now with uh, IIoT. They're not doing that. How would they? How would they get started? I mean, how, what would be your suggestion on how to get uh, get rolling on on uh, using data more effectively, if you will? So, so there's got to be a purpose, and 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 that that purpose usually is to. Um, have an effect on, say, something like operational efficiency. Mm-hmm. So trying to assess where they are now and where they want to get to and and actually using something like overall equipment effectiveness, it's, it, it is kind of down to a, a KPI, so you can get a percentage. Mm-hmm. You get the people that are, are world-class that are like 85%. Sort of the average is around 60%, and, and you've got some laggers that are around 40% as far as OEE. So getting that benchmark of where you are, uh, getting an aspiration of where you want to be, and then, I mean, contact anyone that is like an instrument supplier uh, that is touching on the IoT world, like Eurotherm or others that are out there, mm-hmm. to help you on that journey. Um there's a lot of support. There's a lot of offers out there now uh, that have all come up over the last couple of years. So don't hesitate to reach out. There are people that know about this stuff and that can can help, and they do want to sell it to you. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, don't, be, don't be afraid of picking up the phone, sending an email, um, because people are out there to support you. If the, if the heat treat business as a whole improves, and everyone improves. And so that should right. be how people focus on things. Peter, thanks a lot for your time and your perspective. Enjoyed speaking with you, uh, Doug, uh, as always. I uh, hope we can catch up soon. If you'd like more information about Eurotherm, 
You can find the heat treat portion of their website by going to www.eurotherm.com and then hovering over the solutions tab where you'll see heat treat solutions as one of the options. We'll provide a direct link to Eurotherm's heat treat solutions website in the transcript we do on this podcast. Also, if you'd like to speak with Peter Sherwin directly, please email me at doug at heattreattoday.com. I'll be honored to put you in touch with him. Also, in the transcript of this podcast, we'll provide a link to the cybersecurity white papers that Peter mentioned during the interview. You can find that transcript by binging or Googling Heat Treat Radio Peter Sherwin and looking for the listing there. Or you can go directly to www.heattreattoday.com slash radio and look for the interview with Peter Sherwin. Don't forget to contact Geocorp for any of your thermocouple supply needs. They've been providing excellent customer service and fast delivery since 1989. Thermocouples, assemblies, wire, connectors, tubes, and calibration services. If it has to do with thermocouples, Geocorp can help. They're on the web at www.geocorpinc.com. If you'd like to listen to more Heat Treat Radio, Bing or Google Heat Treat Radio, or simply type the following into your browser, www.heattreattoday.com slash radio. And if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode of Heat Treat Radio, or if you'd like to promote your Heat Treat product or service to our listeners, please email me at doug at heattreattoday.com. This and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in full without express, written, and advance approval of Heat Treat Today. Production of this podcast was done by the very capable and soon-to-be-married Jonathan Lloyd. Sorry, ladies, he's taken. Jonathan also created most of the music that you hear on these podcasts. I'm your Heat Treat Radio host, Doug Glenn. Thanks for listening.